My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield. And today we are talking about local businesses, something I don't typically talk about. So I'm often asked if the strategies that I teach about online marketing can work for a brick and mortar as well. And the answer is yes, you can use what I teach and tweak it and make it different in order to apply to a local business, but I'm not an expert in that area. I've never had a brick and mortar. And so I feel as though you definitely want to go to somebody who's already had success in that area to really get the specifics as to how to use online marketing to get more people in the door. So let's say you have a hair salon or a dance studio or a wine shop or a real estate agency, or maybe you're a pet groomer. The question is, how can you take the information that I talk about around list building and lead magnets and funnels and all of the other topics that we get into here and apply it to a physical storefront? Well, we're going to break things down with an expert today. My guest is Stacy Tushel, and she's the creator of She's Building Her Empire podcast and community, where she helps female entrepreneurs automate their businesses so they can do more with less. She's also a best-selling author, and we were also in a mastermind together, so I've really gotten to know her well. So Stacy is a great person to talk to when it comes to using online marketing strategies for brick and mortar because she has had great success in this area. Besides her thriving online business, she has two dance studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and she'll talk to you about those and the success she's seen, but also... She's done this work for a long time. She knows what works and she experiments and she tries things and she's the type of teacher that goes before you. She does it, figures out what works and what doesn't work, and then she teaches her students all about her own experiences, very similar to what I do with digital courses. You're going to love her teaching style. It's specific, it's actionable, and she uses a lot of examples. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's get to it. Stacey, thanks so much for coming on the show. I've wanted you to talk about this topic forever, so I'm so excited you're here. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am super excited and I just can't wait to share some of these strategies that I think people are going to be blown away by. So I'm really excited to be here. I do too, because I said in the intro, this is not my area of expertise. And so when students come to me and ask me specific questions about their brick and mortar, I do not have a lot of feedback for them. So this is so perfect. You should be their go-to source hundred percent. But before we get into all the details, I want you to tell my audience or my listeners a little little bit about a pivot you've recently done and also just a little bit about your experience and background. Yeah, for sure. So my background is I started right out of high school teaching dance classes for fun and I was going to school, was getting my business degree, going to get a real job. And I started teaching for free in my parents' backyard with 17 <laughs> kids, which is crazy. Oh my God, I and love it. I know within three years, I had a hundred kids still being dropped off in my parents' backyard for free. Didn't think to charge because I'm 21 and I'm not thinking this is a thing, right? So then all of a sudden I'm about to graduate and I decide maybe I could charge. Like, would people pay me for this? So I decided to open up my first dance studio and, uh, you know, 16 years later, still going strong. We have two locations in the Milwaukee area. We have about a thousand students that come to us every single week. Uh, We own both the commercial buildings that we house the students in. And it's just, it's crazy. We gross over a million dollars a year. It's just unbelievable what it has transpired to. Okay. I love this. So you built a business, you built this brick and mortar business and it's done really well, but then you got online and what did that look like? Cause that's where this pivot came in. Yeah. So I think people always ask me, how did you all of a sudden come online? But it was really natural because people started to ask me, how did you do this? You know, you're not even in the building. You work on the business from home. Like, can you just teach me how to do that? So I started to teach really locally and then it started to go online. And it's funny because I have this specific expertise or my real experience, but sometimes you just get so, I don't want to say brainwashed, but a little bit, I should say, you get influenced by hearing what everybody else is doing. And I started to try to be and sound like everybody else when I was so different. And that was what really would have helped me blow up a lot faster. And it took me again, how funny, three years to realize (laughs) (laughs) it's like full circle coming back. took me a little while to realize, okay, I've got to really own what I'm good at because that's what nobody's teaching out there. So you went really general with online marketing strategies and you were teaching a lot of people, a lot of different things. And then you realized, wait a second, I've got this expertise. I have a million dollar business. I know how to get people in the doors. I know the strategies that work for brick and mortar. I need to specialize in that area. Yes. And as soon as I kind of said that or made the announcement, told, told my tribe, People first, what's funny is I was nervous people would leave me if they weren't a local brick and mortar. And I had a girl on a Facebook live say, I will learn from you. Whatever you're teaching, I'm not leaving. Like you, you've hooked Aww. me, sold me, and that, which makes makes me feel so good. But knowing that people will still get value, you know, even if somebody listening doesn't have a brick and mortar and they're still listening right now, thank you because it's outside of the box thinking. You need to be learning from people in different industries to start to be really different than your competitors and not just better. Okay, so true because Stacy and I were in a mastermind together last year and we always sat at the same table. I absolutely love <laughs> Stacy. And so we would sit at the same table and I knew she had a brick and mortar. And every time she opened her mouth, I'm like, tell me more. Okay. How did you do that? What does that look like? Cause I knew I could apply the strategies to my own business as well. 
and I have. Like, and for some reason, Stacey, you always seem to know the insider secrets to things. Like, even before we got on <laughs> to record this guy, she was telling me some things about what Facebook is doing and how they're changing things up and testing things. And I'm like, how do you always know stuff like this? So this is you- because I'm obsessed with learning. <laughs> so I'm always just listening and observing. And I'm kind of like this little detective to go, what's going on over here? And then I'll kind of head over there and, and take a peek and listen. It's true. And she's a girl after my own heart. She always has a notebook and a pen. She's always taking notes and I love it. Okay. Yeah, can I say one more thing? Yes. We were at dinner this past weekend at our mastermind and I had my notebook on the table. People were like, we're at dinner. What is going on <laughs> over here? I'm like, people are giving gold away right? at this table. Yes. You never know. And you got to always just be listening and ready to write it down. Because if I don't write it down, I will mm-hmm. not remember. So I would do the same thing. <laughs> you just have to get a fancy notebook. So when you go to a fancy dinner, it just kind of looks right. like part of the part of the whole experience. Definitely. So, okay. So today we're going to be talking about building your business. If you do have a brick and mortar with the caveat that even if you don't pay attention, you're going to learn something. Now, I want you to start us off and talk about the most common struggles that you see, or even just one major struggle for a brick and mortar business. Yeah. So What's funny is some people won't even realize this is a struggle, but it's just getting them in your door. And I think some people don't realize the importance of the conversion of how many people are on your website or how many people grab that free trial or that free haircut, but then don't actually you know, come into your building and use that. So I think we have to be really, really conscious of our numbers. And it's just like a webinar. You know, you might get them to sign up for the webinar, but that doesn't mean they're going to show up and actually watch it. We need them to show up, get in our building and actually try us out. So I really want you to make sure you're thinking about that. And this is where I would come into the online space and learn things and go, ooh, I wonder if I could do that for my brick and mortar. So for instance, I saw people on a webinar say, stick around to the end and we'll give you the slides for free or we've got this free gift at the end. So I thought, hmm, how can I do that in my business? So now we give some sort of gift for them when they show up. So when you show up, whether or not you sign up, you're still going to get some sort of gift just because you're there. So maybe you have spa and you could give a sample of an essential oil or a gift card or a free tote bag or a free dog bone if you're a pet groomer, whatever it is, give them a reason to really get in there and show up. Ooh, I like this. Okay. So you have even more strategies like this coming up. So let me kind of set us up in terms of this is a mini workshop. We're going to get down to business, which is my favorite part of doing this podcast. We make it very actionable. Stacey promised me that we could do that for this one. And she is definitely going to deliver because as you guys know, I always have notes and Stacey's contributed. So we are ready for you guys. So let me set this up. Our mission is to get more customers through the door. We're going to be using strategies that as online marketers, we're very familiar with, which are funnels. And you all ask me about funnels all the time. So I know this is top of mind, but just in case you want a little clarity, when I say funnel, a funnel basically is a series of emails that start with offering someone something that will be beneficial to them, like a PDF checklist or a guide, or in the case of a brick and mortar, like a coupon or a free product or a tote bag or the essential oils or whatever that might be. And you're doing that to move a potential customer from being introduced to you to ultimately becoming a customer by purchasing your product, program, or service. So Stacey, you're going to share with us three types of funnels that will work well for the brick and mortar business. So let's get into it. 
Yeah. And now understand that I always say to people, there is more than one way to do something. So, you know, take this, use this, tweak this. There's so many options for you out there, but three big ones that I've noticed and that work well for us is number one, just kind of like a get them in the door funnel. So sort of like a try us out. So maybe you could do a free, you know, you see this a lot, free seven day gym pass or free haircut. Um, I noticed massage envy. They do a discount for your first massage. So just different things like that to get them in the door. And I'll tell you one thing that was so good that I I've done in the past couple of years, we got a new CPA they gave us a free audit for your taxes. So this was something where my current CPA obviously filed our taxes, did this, but then the new person said, let's, let me take a look at it and I'm going to see what I notice. And they actually ended up saving about $600 and they amended my taxes for me, which I didn't even know you could do that after you filed. (laughs) And then of course, what did I do? I hired them. Now this was just a conversation. What if they had this as a funnel where, you know, they actually say already have your taxes filed. Let us audit them for free. I mean, that could get people to say, I'll try them out. Why not? And now when they try you out, you've got to prove to them we're your person, like we're the business that you need to be going to. Yes. So good. I forgot to mention that there is a freebie for this podcast episode and Stacy has been so generous to give us details of the three funnels she's going to be talking about to make them more tangible and actionable for you because everyone loves a good PDF with all the details. So if you go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 253, you'll see an option to get the freebie for this episode. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 253 with the details about these funnels. Okay. Keep on going. All right. So that's number one. Number two, this isn't for everybody, but this, if this is for you, you're really going to need it. So it's an educational funnel. And I'm going to use an example. Example one, people know what a gym membership looks like. They know what a free haircut is. We know what we're going to get out of that. You don't really need to convince me or educate me on, I need a haircut, right? But some businesses, we need to be convinced. We're not completely sold that we need their product or should want their product. So let me give you an example of microblading. So if you know what micro blading is, and maybe you don't, which is why you need this funnel, right? <laughs> is you're going, wait a minute, is this a face tattoo? I'm nervous. <laughs> what is this going to do? I need to really be sold on what's happening. So I was recently kind of looking into this and I was, I was still nervous. I was not sold. And then I found somebody who had one of these types of funnels right on their website. They had a five minute video explaining what microblading looks like. They actually showed in like fast forward motion what it was basically the process and then why you do not want to go just anywhere. And by the end of it, I was sold on microblading and I was sold on going to that place. Mm. So that might be something you need. So you just have to ask yourself, do people know that I need this? And I'll use another example. I have a client who has a meat shop. So You might not even know that meat shops exist. You might go to the grocery store and buy all of your meat. You need to know what the difference is between her store and your local store and why you have to go to hers. So you might need this to educate your people on why you, why this service. Ooh, okay. That's great. So I think we do this in my space as well. We just assume that people know all the details and then you're going to kind of show them the how, but they typically, we need to usually take a step back and say, wait a second, we know all the details, we know what's going on, but they might not know. And so even for something like microblading and for a lot of men out there, I mean, I'm generalizing, but you probably have no clue. It it has to do with your (laughs) eyebrows, just for the record. And with that, I knew, let me give you guys a quick example. I knew of microblading and it's kind of like 
tattooing your eyebrows. So it's pretty intense. I n- knew about it. Wait, is that what it is? It is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, right. I was I was getting confused for a second, but I wasn't <laughs> sure of all the details. And then I saw a blog post where this woman got it done and literally talked about her whole experience and kind of broke down all the details. And at the end of that article, I was sold. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I need to do this. So I hear you on the education that the more details I got, the more I was sold. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think we all need some sort of level of education, but some people really need to go deep and others, we might just want to explain the difference of why we're the go-to place versus everybody knows what a gym is. Everybody knows a haircut, you know? So it just depends. Okay. Perfect. All right. Keep going. Number three is an upsell funnel. So an upsell of what you're currently doing. Okay. So we're trying to now increase the frequency of your existing customers because I think we're so focused on, we need new customers. We need more customers, but really that the end goal is probably just to increase your revenue. And you can do that by getting more of your current people just to increase their frequency. So think about that. Um, But I'm going to give you a great example of what this would look like. So I go to the dentist every six months for a cleaning. I have been thinking about getting Invisalign again because I never wore the retainer. So my teeth are starting to (laughs) get crooked. And I'm like, oh, why did I do that? But in my head, I got Invisalign maybe like 10 years ago. So in my head, I thought, well, it's expensive. Insurance doesn't cover it. It takes a lot of time. I think I had to go in like every single week. And all of this stuff was going on in my head of why. So I've been thinking about it for a long time. I finally decide to ask them, what's the deal? And what I didn't know is insurance now covers it. And it's way less time consuming because you get all of it at one time. Now, I had to bring it my attention. I had to give it to them. I got to say, I want this. Why did nobody upsell me on this when they can see my teeth are shifting, right? How easy would it be for them to send us down a funnel of different options or things like teeth, teeth whitening, right? Little things like that to upsell your current people. And I think sometimes we think, well, we can't keep selling. Nobody wants to keep getting sold to. But I look at it as this big disservice. I have been wanting Invisalign for a few years. And if somebody would have told me your insurance is going to cover it and it's not time consuming anymore, I would have done it years ago. So I think we have to get over the fear of selling and know that you're here to serve. And these people have already chosen you. So why not continue to share what you do and what you're really good at? So I really want you to think about what do you currently have and what could we be sharing the next level is, right? There's always a next step. So tell them what that is. Oh, so good. I talk about upsells a lot with selling online training courses. And one example of an upsell we do is we sell our course and then we sell slide deck templates because I teach how to create courses. So now you've got the slide deck that you can put all your content in and those upsells do amazingly well. And so when you hear stuff like that, and then you start to think about your brick and mortar, exactly what Stacey just said, like what else could they need or want or continue the journey? And I Mm -hmm. actually never thought thought about this in terms of brick and mortar. So I love that you're putting it out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it can be in any industry. You go to the gym and you're just going to the gym. You've got your membership card, you're in and out, but are they telling you about their amazing trainers? Are they telling you that you could be doing things like that? Sometimes they are, but sometimes it's also just the receptionist saying at one time when you're overwhelmed, filling out all the paperwork and you're not even listening because you're trying to fill everything out and hurry and get to your first workout. If we then followed up with an email or sent them down this funnel that, and when I say funnel, I really mean getting them to a landing page, showing them these specific things. So I really want you to be thinking about that. 
I go to an acupuncturist and I went to a few sessions and then I got an email from her that said, Hey, if you're really loving your acupuncture appointments, you might love to add on a little Reiki with it as well. Mm -hmm. And then she talked about everything she does with that. And of course, I totally took her up on it. I thought, I'm already loving this. And now she's saying she Mm -hmm. could do an even a little bit more. So once they're in there experiencing something, they're more likely to say, I like this. What else do you got? So, okay, this is fantastic. Now, you mentioned the opt-in page, and we haven't really gotten into that. And I want to get really specific because these funnels are likely shorter than what we typically see with online marketing. So with the nature of the brick and mortar business, your funnel may be bringing in a new customer the day after they get the email. So the funnel could be much shorter than let's say if I put together a 10 email funnel over three weeks period of time or whatever. So I want you to talk to me about what the business owner really needs to think about in terms of their funnel content and also you know, this whole idea of the opt-in page and thank you page. Can you kind of paint a picture of what this looks like? Yeah. So, and that's such a good point that you bring that up because when you are talking in person, we will warm people up very, very fast. So somebody could stop in within 24 hours, just drive by our building, stop in and not even within 24 hours, right then and there, they could buy that product or program or service. So it can happen very quickly. Whereas online, sometimes people will say to me when they buy a product, oh, I've been listening to you for six months on your podcast, or I've been following you for a year and I just bought and you're like, wow, okay, that's great. But I can't believe it took 12 months to buy something. (laughs) And in in person, it could be right then and there. So yes, our funnels look a lot shorter, but not necessarily because maybe you go to get that free trial, that free haircut, but you never come in. So now I do have to keep warming you up and keep sending you information just like I would online. However, you might kind of break my funnel when all of a sudden you stop in and you buy on the spot. You don't have to get any of these warm up emails anymore. Now we're just convincing people why they want to stay, right? So I think people always assume, business owners, that we just have to sell them once and we've got them. You know, now they're hooked, now they're in, but people could change and leave you and go down the street at any moment and go to somebody else. So we have to keep selling them on why they want to stay. What's new in the next couple months? Like, why are we the place and why are we going to stay being the place? So you do have to be thinking about that, but it's just definitely a little bit different in the brick and mortar world versus online. To give you an example of possibly what these funnels look like, one big difference that I've noticed is we ask for phone numbers and people give it to us, which online, people don't want to give you their phone number. Mm, (laughs) They're like, don't call me, don't call me, right? But now I want to be called at a local business. I want you to call me so we can get this consult or whatever it is is right now and make this appointment. So we do ask for name, phone number, and email. And we typically will get all three things. It's not something where people are afraid to give it to us. So that's the biggest difference I see. But usually an opt-in looks very, very similar. The thank you page will look a little bit different for the sake of, I might want you, instead of joining my Facebook group or something like that, I might want to give you a virtual tour. And we can talk a little bit more details about that too. But there's some different things I can do on my thank you page. Okay, so basically, we are sending out an email, and let's take one example. So out of the three you gave us, which example should we choose? Let's go with the the free trial, because that's a big one a lot of people use. Okay, so you're going to offer a free trial, and so the email then will link to an opt-in page, right? Correct. Okay, so what might they find on that opt-in page for a free trial? 
Yeah. So first I'm going to be going to be selling my studio. I'm going to be selling why come to me. I might be showing you some of my Google reviews screenshotted on there. I'm giving you my credibility. You know, what do I have to show you? Maybe I've got some media appearances that I want to show because I want to give myself credibility too. Right? So I'm going to do very similar what I've done. I may have a video talking before you opt in, but I may also just have three reasons or three ways to stop in or what to do. So that all looks very similar to what you're seeing online because it's kind of like, this is our webinar. You know, this is our, our free masterclass is just come take this free trial, this free audit, whatever that is. Okay. Gotcha. And then from there, they're going to opt in and that's when they hit the thank you page. Talk to me about that Google tour you mentioned. So people love this and people, this is so old. I've been doing this for probably 10 years and some people have never seen this before. So, you know, when you have the Google street view and you can walk through my subdivision and see our houses and all of that. So Google has something where they do inside businesses, a virtual tour. So you don't have to come to my building to see my building. You could go right to my website and look at both of my locations and walk through it like you're in the building itself. Really? Yes. And I mean, people, local businesses are not using this enough. So there is something you can just Google a Google trusted photographer. And Google actually has people that specialize in doing these tours. You hire them, they come into your building, they take the most beautiful building shots and then videos that you can't get anywhere else. And then you can use that. You can put it on your social media, put it on your website. We put these on our thank you pages. So we'll say, you know, great, we'll be calling you within 24 hours to set up your free trial. But in the meantime, why don't you take a virtual tour of our facilities from the comfort of your own home? And now they can just walk through the building, which is amazing. Okay. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, but can we include a link to that in our freebie so they can see what you've done? Okay, good. All right. So guys, amyporterfield.com forward slash 253. We're going to add a link to what Stacy's done so you can kind of see it in action because that's really cool. So I know one of your ideas is that you could put a screenshot of a Google review on the opt-in page, which is great social proof. So with that, testimonials and reviews are a huge part of any type of business, but a really big part of a brick and mortar. So give us some good ideas to get those reviews coming in. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, that's where they're they're like, but Stacey, I don't have any reviews or even worse. I have a really negative review and I I don't know what to do. And I'll tell you, you know, especially with local, it seems because we really, people really do leave Google reviews for local businesses all the time. And they're more likely to leave a negative review than a positive because Mm -hmm. when people are happy, they don't think to be like, I should review them on Google. No, that's not what they say. (laughs) You know, but if they have a negative experience, they're like, oh, just wait, I'm going to leave you a review like immediately when this happens. So yeah, so understand that's normal. It does happen. But how do we get good reviews? How do we get more reviews? So let's talk about that. So one of the things I want you to understand after, yes, you're going to get bad ones. It will happen. I want you to understand that we can get these amazing reviews and it's actually a lot simpler than people realize. So one of the things that I do is we ask our most favorite clients that people just are dream clients that we just love. We shoot them an email and just say, 
hey, you know, we love having you and we hope you love, you know, you love it here too, which we know they do because they're our favorites and of course they love it. And we're, we're just basically saying, here's the link. Would you take 30 seconds to leave us a review? So this is actually a system that my receptionist has on her monthly projects. She reaches out to probably 10 to 20 people every single month and asks them to leave us a review. Now, it's actually a pretty high percentage that will say yes, because again, these are our dream clients. They would love to help us out and they do that. So that works well. The reason we do it via email and not in person, if you're thinking, but you're local, why couldn't you ask them in person is because we actually do not want them to leave us a review on site. So Google is smart enough and they know exactly where you are at every moment. And they do not want to see Google reviews for your business in your business, right? So do that make sense? They know you're there. They don't want to think that, oh, she's probably being incentivized right now or being asked oh, to leave a review. Okay. Yeah. So it can actually hurt you. Sometimes those reviews will disappear because they know, oh, something's going on here and they get rid of them. So we always email because we want people to be, you know, on the go at their home, just any place local, but not our building. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Now, recently this past year, we really wanted to see a big increase in our Google reviews because we noticed, you know, a lot of our competitors are starting to get them too. And we really want you to look at those and say, whoa, this place looks amazing. I, I, when you bring up acupuncture, that's so funny. You totally convinced me to find somebody here. Really? So what did I do? Yes. After the last retreat, I'm like, I have to do this. <laughs> so I just booked my first appointment. I'm going Friday. Excited. So how did I find them? Yeah, I'm very excited. How did I find them? I Googled and then I had three places and I went with the person who had the most reviews and the best reviews. Like that was just how I did it. So a lot of us do that too. We really want to see these reviews go up. So one thing we did was we emailed our entire list, which normally we don't do that, but we emailed our entire list and we said, listen, we are looking for an honest review on Google because it helps people decide where they should go. And if you feel like this is the place, we would love for you to leave that. So Ask for an honest review, not a five-star review. That is actually against their rules. You can get in trouble for that. And I think it turns people off when you ask them specifically for a five-star, okay? So ask for an honest review. And what we did was, one of the things I do every month is I go into the building and I have this leadership meeting. And we always brainstorm and we're, it's just our ideas, you know, things to kind of get out there and what's new, what's happening. And we were talking about these Google reviews and somebody said, why not give them a chance to win, you know, something. And somebody said, I never do those things because I never think I'm going to win. Like, what are the chance you're the one in a million girl who's going to get this, right? So somebody said, I always do something when I know I'm going to get something for it. So maybe we offer a $5 gift card or something to get this versus a chance to win something. And one person does. So we just okay, let's just try this and see what happens. So another thing I want you to think about too is perceived value. Instead of offering a $5 gift card that actually cost you $5, like a Starbucks gift card or something, what is something that has a perceived value of maybe $20 or $10, but costs you $3 or $5, right? So maybe you've got that tote bag or that coffee mug, right? Something where they think, well, that haircut is $30, but really it's just going to cost you, you know, your employee, whatever their half hour rate is. It's a lot less than the perceived value. Go there because people really want to have that perception, right? So we announced to everybody, hey, anybody that leaves us an honest review in the next 48 hours, we made it a very quick time. They're going to get, we did a free pair of tights or a free music book, okay? So again, perceived value around $10 it's going to cost us. But obviously, we're a business. We make a profit. That's not what it really cost. We had 60, 60 people leave us a review within just that first week. Oh my so goodness. 
insane. It was actually a little too good. I did it. <laughs> I really don't want 60 reviews in a week. You guys, it probably, Google probably thought what's going on over here. Like <laughs> they're, they're smart. And I thought, man, some of these are probably going to get taken down. They didn't, but now I would have been a little bit more strategic seeing how well received it was. And I would maybe do these quarterly and maybe I would grab a section of my list so that I'm not emailing everybody at the same time. Right. Okay. I you love that it worked too well. <laughs> I, it did. It really did. You really don't want, I mean, 60 reviews. If you've got five and you get 60 next week, it's gotcha. Google's going to go. Something's going on over here. Yeah. Wow. So good. I love this. This is my, probably my favorite part of this whole mini workshop we're doing here about the reviews and how to get them and how to look at them. I had no idea that Google knows if someone's in your building, giving you a review, that's not a good thing. I yeah, mean, and I, this is good. I, sorry. I learned that because one of my friends who had this brilliant idea and she was going to do it, all of a sudden, all of those reviews that happened on her site, they disappeared. So Google just pulled them right away. Oh, so good to know. You got to protect yourself there. Okay. So one thing I love about your philosophy with these funnels is what you call the three T's for success. So you know I love a good list. So tell us about these three T's. Yeah. So I think one of the things we have to understand is this will happen, especially with local businesses. They'll say, Amy, I don't think this will work for my business. You don't understand my type of business, right? They start to make excuses why this isn't going to work. And I will tell you, I have never found a business that this does not work for. I mean, I am in tons of different industries. Um, We're even starting to use them for our rental properties now, which is just crazy to me, but it's just, there's, there's so much opportunity. So I want you to try it. So you need to pick one of those funnels we just talked about, try it, right? Then I want you to track it because you will get feedback and even no feedback is feedback. So understand that, right? Track those numbers, track the results. I mean, how many people are landing on it? Then how many people are opting in? How many people are showing up? You know, we're looking at these numbers every single month. So at our monthly leadership meeting, that's one of, you know, our, I should say our office manager's responsibilities is to come. We use a CRM and she'll say, okay, we have making these numbers up, but she'll say, we had, you know, 32 people land on our opt-in page and 12 of them submitted the, the free trial, but then only six showed up. And then out of those six, four people signed up, right? So we know those numbers and we're constantly looking, where can we get better? And that's when step number three comes in and we start to tweak. So we might go, wow, we're not really getting people to grab that free trial. How do we make it juicier? How do we make it be the no-brainer offer to get them in the door, right? So every step, you're gonna start to tweak a little bit here and there. And I always like to tweak at the top of the funnel. So start with that opt-in page, then go to how do we get them to show up? Because when they start to come in the building, that's when the conversion just skyrockets. So starting there isn't gonna give you your biggest bang for your buck. Mm, Okay, so good. And this whole idea of try one, track it and tweak it, you all know that you can use that with any area of your marketing, whether you're brick and mortar or you're selling digital courses or whatever it might be that you're yeah. doing. So such a good one. Again, try it, track it, tweak it. We all need to remember that. Simple, yeah. but we don't typically do it. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Well, so, and we do it too quickly. Well, all yes. of a sudden we'll start and we're like, oh, it's not working. It must be the funnel. I should jump to the educational funnel when we didn't even give the first one a try. 
so, I mean, and I'm totally like preaching to the choir when I say this because, and I need to hear this is just slow down and let the results come in and then just know that you can get better with it. It's just all trial and error. Oh, I and I want to jump the gun and jump to the next one. And you can't do that. Slow down. That is great advice. And when you grab the freebie for this episode, you can make sure that you just go one funnel at a time and really give it the time that it deserves to see if it works. So amyporterfield.com forward slash 253 will be all those details. All right. So with that, I want you to talk about their competition because I know you have a strategy to really pay attention to what the competition is doing or more importantly, what the competition is not doing to Mm -hmm. kind of help you focus on where you want to put your online marketing efforts. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I know people have mixed feelings on this. Some people say, keep your eyes on your own paper. And some people say, no, you need to know what's going on. And I do feel like there is a happy medium here that we need to find because I don't think you should be stalking your competitors or you'll be copying them just naturally. But I do want you to keep your eye on what's going on. So one of my mentors a long time ago said this phrase, and I have just, it stuck with me, but he said, you don't need a cannon to kill a mosquito. And I'm the girl so who wants to bring the cannon, right? I'm like, I'm bringing everything. Here's here's the best of me. And sometimes what you're doing is you're actually causing your competitors to step up their game too. And then it's this never ending cycle of everybody's just trying to outdo each other, right? So I know you've got to be really careful. And let me just give you an example of what that would look like. So for instance, we do not use Google AdWords at this moment. And people might be thinking, well, that's crazy. Why would you not? Well, right now, if you Googled anything that would make sense for what you're looking for in my business, I'm going to pop up organically one through three. Okay. I'm always going to be in the top three. You're going to find me everywhere. Now, I don't really need to do AdWords because why do I need to pay to be above myself in an organic ad, right? If I start to do AdWords, what's going to happen is my competitors are going to see that because it's definitely public knowledge. You'll see it when you Google. And they're, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to go, we need to start doing AdWords. So now we're going to keep paying to beat each other. And we're just going to both be spending money that we don't really need to spend. Okay. So I know my competitors don't use Google AdWords. Nobody does in my area. So I don't need to go there yet. If I need to in a year from now or 10 years from now, then sure, I'll head there when I need to. But I'm not going to pull out that cannon when I don't have to right this second and it's saving me money. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So good. Yeah. So there are just some things you want to be really, really careful with. Okay. I'm also not on Yelp. And that's another thing people are always shocked to hear that. They're like, what? Everybody uses Yelp. Not in my area. So right now, none of my competitors are actively using Yelp. So I don't really have to be amazing on Yelp because nobody's there. So it's not going to be the tool that makes my customer decide, should I pick her or should I pick her? So right now we're kind of playing that Google reviews game, Facebook using social media, things like that. We're not really using Yelp in that way. Now, will I will I never use Yelp? Well, no. If my competitors start to actively get a hundred amazing reviews, you better believe we're gonna have there too. But typically what I've noticed is I'm kind of the leader, if you can believe that or not. I can believe it. So if I do it, they kind of follow. And I know that now. So I kind of am slowing down in certain areas where I don't need to be going a hundred miles an hour when they're not even heading down that road. Okay. That is huge that you just said that. And a lot of people listening might not be where you're at. Stacey, you've been doing this for a long time, but I hope you take a moment and say, that is pretty dang cool that I'm in a place that I'm a leader in my niche so that if I don't do it, I I could slow down and don't have to do it because everyone's going to follow when I do it. 
That's a cool place to be. Yeah. Well, and it just makes me on my game because I have to always be innovating because they're always going to follow. And then I look the same. So we're constantly going, where are we heading next? And we have to be at that front. So that's just something we've been doing. Uh, We do use Facebook ads. And what I like about Facebook ads is your competitors won't know how much you're spending, who you're targeting, that's secret. So because it's it's not public knowledge, that's a safe place for me to spend money and really get a good return on my investment. Great. Okay. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that is a really big one in terms of Facebook ads. They work and yeah. they definitely work for the local businesses as well. Definitely. It's our number one paid marketing strategy that we use. And tell me what you run an ad for. Like, Give me an example of what the ad would be about. Yeah. So it's really sending them to one of those funnels. So we're always announcing our free trials, you know, your try your first class for free. We do events around like maybe three events a year and we're inviting our local community to come try us out at a free event. So we have, um, we were in, in the children's industry. So we might have this free community Christmas community party where Santa's there and they can come in and get their picture taken and do a little dance party and random things like this. So we'll get them in our building for free. But then when they're there, we're showing them all around. And again, we're kind of selling them on. This is the place to come. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. And then one more thing I want to mention that some people might not know is you really want to claim your local listing. So you might have seen this when you go to Google, but it'll say like, are you the business owner? Claim it here. A lot of people don't claim their listing and you want to, you want to put your hours in there. You want to put your phone number in there because now when you're on your phone and you Google something, you can literally click the button and it just starts, it just dials it. It's my favorite thing. I do it all the time. I use it all the time too. And there's people out there that haven't claimed their business and set this up. And I've heard a horror story. This is rare, but I've heard places or people that somebody claims it for them and they put in the wrong information. You've got to be careful, you guys. Oh my gosh. That's just just criminal. Okay. So switching gears just a bit, and I love this next topic. I want you to talk to me about social media as it relates to a brick and mortar. Like, What are you seeing that's working for brick and mortars on social? Yeah. Social definitely works, but I think we get very frustrated when we only have a hundred followers or a thousand followers and we look online and we see people with a million followers. Right. So you guys, you need to calm down because Amy is serving the entire world. Anybody can follow (laughs) Amy. I'm serving five miles in my radius and I'm not going to get as many followers as her. Okay. So I think we just, I mean, again, I'm saying this to myself because it bugs me that we're not hitting a million followers either, but you can have a very small following and still be super engaged. And before I jumped on here, I looked at my numbers and we only have about 2000 followers for our brick and mortar. And I have about 13,000 on Facebook for my online. But here's what's crazy. We have way more engagement in the brick and mortar, way more um, people that jump on Facebook lives, our likes, our comments, way bigger than the much larger number. I believe it. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. It's just, it's different when it's local. It just, it feels like home. You get connected to people more. I just think you've got to really understand that Small numbers are okay, especially when you're serving a very tight-knit circle around your building, okay? So be okay with that. 
Okay. Yes. I love that you said that. And I want to add one more thing. So if you're mm-hmm. local and like Stacey said, you're serving this five mile radius and you have 2000 people on Instagram, imagine all 2000 people coming into your store today or your location. Like that would be crazy pants for you. So Definitely. numbers, you have to put this in perspective. Okay. So yeah, glad. I, I mean, feel I feel like that's so important. I'm pretty sure my parking lot holds 46 cars. Exactly. I, mean, I don't know where you're going if you come here. <laughs> right. So it's a different story. Yes. Okay. So Okay. Good. So I, I also think you have to know where are your customers? Don't just like the online space. Don't be everywhere because everybody else is telling you. We really focus just on Facebook and Instagram. That's our two big hotspots. Um, and we use them in a few different ways. We can talk about like Facebook groups and things like that. Do we still use those? Um, because there are some things that are really working and then some things we don't just bother with. So I don't know if you want to head there or not. Yeah. Tell me a little bit. Okay. So Facebook groups, we're not using them in the online, like we are in the online space with just a free group to go do, you know, find out this. We're using them for our staff. So we actually have a Facebook group for our staff. And then one of our, I guess, our more serious dance and music students will have a private thing because it's a team, like it's a group. They need to get more information, more knowledge, all of that. It's there. So we do it really to kind of stay, I guess, more engaged with our highest paying clients and our team versus a free group for anybody that wants to learn about our services. We are not using it that way. And it just doesn't make sense for us to go there. So just kind of know what you do and figure out what's going to work best. Again, try it, test it, see what happens. Gotcha. Okay. And tell me more about social. Yeah. Okay. I got a bunch of little things. So we, like I said, we're using events. Now, the reason I love events is because on social, you can create an event. And then what happens is you decide if you're going and then you see, oh, wow, four of my friends are going to this event. So all of a sudden, and because it's local, you really will have a lot. I mean, most people, their Facebook friends are local people. So they'll all of a sudden start to see all their friends are heading to one of our free events and they'll come too. So using events and we strategically place them they're about every four months or so. It's really helpful for us to constantly get new people in our building. So I love using the events feature. Oh, so good. And then we have a 12-month marketing calendar that we use for social media. So we're constantly saying, what could we talk about this month? And we're looking at things again. What could we talk about in-house for our current people? And then what can we talk about for our inactive people that are on our list, right? So this is a little different in the online space versus brick and mortar. We have an active list and we have an inactive list. And we mean active as in you're a paying customer that comes every single month or you used to come, but you don't come anymore. Okay. So, or you've inquired, but you've never signed up, right? So we're constantly saying, what are we talking about this month for our active members? But then what are we talking about for our inactive members? So we send out two different types of newsletters and things like that. And we do different things on social to get them excited and engaged because somebody who's already an active member may not want to take you up on a free trial or a free haircut because they already come to you, but they'll look at that upsell. So be thinking about that. And then one thing that I'm loving just because we're heading it to it right now is February is our big appreciation month. And we take a moment to appreciate our customers. We take a moment to appreciate our staff members, just everybody that as a whole. And we do things in-house that we then promote on social. So for instance, we have little love notes that are right on our front desk. And you at any time can go up and write a little love note to any of our employees, anybody that you want to promote or like just shout out and say thank you for something. Now you might be thinking, who does this? Okay, lots 
lots of people. You because they feel like oh, I really feel like I have to acknowledge the receptionist. She's always so friendly, or this person or that person. So people fill these cards out, and we tape them all over our wall. So the month of February, our walls are filled with hearts and Aww. amazing testimonials, and then we put them on social, and we keep these photos. And our employees actually will keep some of these hearts because they just mean so much to them that people would say this about them. Yes. So it's just this great thing that we're doing. And again, it's kind of tied in with share the love, the month of February, Valentine's Day. So we're just constantly saying, what can we talk about this month and what becomes something that could be shared on social media? Yes, this is good. I love how you have so many great ideas and examples. This is one thing about your training style that I think is so valuable. So one more thing before we're going to wrap up, but because you are giving us so many great ideas, I know you have a really great online marketing strategy for hiring. And so now we're not going to focus on the customers, but instead your team. Can you give us some tips there? Yeah. So hiring is can be really, really stressful as a local business because we want you to travel to our business. So if you live far away or even maybe 30 minutes away, you may not come to us. Online, you can hire virtually, so it's fine. But we have a lot of competition locally and we have to really stand out on websites like Craigslist and Indeed. You know, I've got to look like I am the place to work. I'm selling them as hard as I'm selling the customers, right? Yes. So one thing we do is instead of just looking like everybody else on Craigslist is, we'll send them to a funnel. We'll send them to a place where they can learn more about our business. Maybe they get a virtual tour just like the customers do. Maybe a video from me showing I'm the boss. Like I'm the new boss. Here's what's going to be going on. Here's the style. I want them to get to know me too. So I just heard this phrase that said, employees don't quit their job. They quit their boss. Okay. Uh, how true is that? So true. And how, <laughs> How important is it for you to make the first impression of, hey, I'm Stacy, and here's what we do and here's how I started. And when you share your story and people start to connect, they're going, ooh, I want to work for her, right? She looks like the person or the place I want to work for. So you've really got to make sure that these funnels are showing them why you are the place because we'll have people who will book an appointment to come meet us and interview and they'll cancel or not even show up because what they probably found somebody else in the meantime and then they don't even think to contact us to say i'm not coming so we've got to sell them even after the interview until they have you know whether you have an employee contract or things like that we really want to make sure they are just so sold on us oh so good so it's basically a funnel for mm -hmm. those that you want to hire. And I don't think yeah. we look at hiring that way. So mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up. And thank you for that. Stacey, yeah. your tips and tricks and strategies are always so good. I love that we got to dive into brick and mortar businesses, which I don't think I've ever done on the podcast before. So first of all, guys, I've said it probably three times already, but remember amyporterfield.com forward slash 253. Stacy has given us the details of these funnels so that you can apply them to your own business. So definitely go to the show notes and grab the cheat sheet for this episode. But also Stacey, tell everybody where they can learn more about you. Yeah. So my favorite place to be is definitely Instagram. I'm at Stacey Tushel. And then the podcast, the website, my free Facebook group, it's all She's Building Her Empire and She's Building Her Empire.com. So She's Building Her Empire.com. Spell your last name for everyone. My last name is T-U-S-C-H-L. There you go. So you can find her online. <laughs> <laughs> this has been such a treat. Thank you so very much for taking the time to talk about all these great strategies with my listeners. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. 
So there you have it. I hope you love this interview as much as I have. I love when we can turn an interview into a mini workshop where you walk away. If you get the freebie that you can find on my show notes, you can actually walk through what you need to do and see examples to make it actionable. If you learn something new and then you implement it, that's where you're going to see the results. And I'd love to hear about you implementing these strategies if you have a brick and mortar. So make sure to find me online and let me know how they work for you. Next week is extra special, guys. We are interviewing Rachel Hollis all about her brand new book, Girl, Stop Apologizing. Oh my gosh, this conversation is so good. You've got to show up. And this one could be for the boys as well. I think you're going to find some really great tips and insights around how you navigate through different conversations and tough situations that you want to show up in terms of being confident and clear about what you need and what you want. So you know how I feel. The mindset part of being an entrepreneur is so incredibly important, sometimes even more important than the strategies that I teach you. So come on over next week. I can't wait to dive in with Rachel. Okay, guys, I'll see you soon. Take care.